0: You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome. And welcome to the Bruce White and Blue CFL podcast, your new home for top quality CFL fantasy football advice and tips. I'm Oz Davis and joining me as always is my co-host, who is currently atop the standings board in the CF pod network fantasy league. Not an easy league at all, not an easy game, but we're making it look easy, Joe. Joe Pritchard, what is the secret to your success?
1: Blind luck. (laughs) Yes, I did take a screenshot of the week two standings, just to save for future reference for, you know, three or four weeks down the road when I'm two and four.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Joe and I are ready to take a victory lap uh, after another outstanding 100-plus point week from each of us. The two teams of the Rouge White and Blue now sit at number one and number three above the uh on the standings board of the CF Pod Network Fantasy League. Canadian football countdown is at four, seven, and ten. Turf district is at eight and nine. And I should also note that while X's and Argos is in sixth, the Argos fan cast, though. Fifth in points overall is at 13. So they could be scary later in the year, as I'm sure I will not. I'm sure my team will not. In second place is Travis Curra with two and out. And I can't believe that Ty is not playing. What a coward. What a coward. He could be in the top 10 right now, too. Uh, in any case, so just wanted to take a quick victory lap on that. But in all seriousness, um it's nice to be on this roll, huh, Joe? It's it's nice to nice to win at fantasy football, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and let's and we haven't even gotten to pick them yet, have we?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. But you had Hamilton in pick them. No, I did not. Oh, you did nope. not? Oh, then that means that in them I was gonna save this until we talk about next week's games to brag about how awesome we are in them Uh so I guess this year Joe is eight and What's your ranking? I don't even know. Do you I know could it? go
1: look at here yeah. as we go on to other things and come back to okay. that,
0: but I'm I'm seven and one. I missed a game last week. Um foolishly picked Edmonton, I believe. Um uh, <laughs> so Last week, I was, after going 3-1, and I was like 4,000. So, I figure I've got to be at least 2,000 this week. I think, in fact, the majority of people in Pickham had Hamilton over Toronto this week. Which shouldn't make a whole lot of sense to
1: me, except for the fact... No, I don't get that either. Except for the fact that Chad Kelly was an unknown quantity, but... I just, I I kind of put that aside knowing that he'd be game planned well for.
0: Right. Well, you remember the rankings from pro football focus, right? I mean, they had him dead in the middle, right? So they figured, okay, he's going to be at least an average quarterback, but still defending champs at home. A lot of continuity from last season. They ended last season by winning the great cup. Okay. So they're on a roll here, (laughs) you know, plenty of time to study up on Hamilton. I mean, I don't understand how you picked that hindsight is 2020, but it seems to me that was a pretty easy pick Joe, before we get into the deeper dive takeaways from the week in general. Hmm. It it feels like we've got
1: three different kind of like three groupings of teams right now really yes really and you could argue for four but i'm going to be nice and make it three
0: yeah there are three there are three and i'll tell you what those three are because here's my takeaway This offseason, you know, we had the usual changes to some teams' rosters, had a couple of big-name quarterbacks moving around, you know, had lost a big-name quarterback to the NFL, uh, some coaching staff shuffled around, you know. We have the new roster ratio rules, which we actually haven't talked about on the show yet. And guess what? Guess what? The bottom four teams from last year, look like they did last year, period. Every single one of them lost this week for the same reasons they ended up losing last year. It's so wild. And so if you want to talk three tiers, okay, here are your three tiers. All right, you've got the four teams that lost this week, Hamilton, Ottawa, Edmonton, and Saskatchewan. You've got Calgary and Montreal who are in the middle. I'll tell you what, Montreal is loving this development because just by dint of being themselves, they're in right in the middle. They're going to make the playoffs again this year if this continues. And you've got the proper teams: Winnipeg, Toronto, and BC. Right? I mean, that that's what I think the tiers are uh, after this The
1: week. only change I'd make is I would put Saskatchewan in that second tier. Because they've shown really? more than the bottom three have.
0: Well, you told me that this game was going to be a sphincter clencher for Winnipeg, and they made it look pretty easy. At the end. Took a while to get there, but it got there. Well, in the second half, they did it in all three aspects of the game. They looked pretty good (laughs) that second half, did, did Winnipeg. I know you're trying to temper your own expectations, but again, I feel like we've continued last season. I feel like all the teams are on the same trajectory that they ended last season with, with the exception of Calgary, because I still don't know they looked awfully bad in week one. And then this week they were barely tested. So I I don't know about Calgary, but again, I, as an Alouettes fan, I'm pleased where we sit, <laughs> you know, we might be okay. After all, this might not be a disaster of a season. No, and I didn't uh, think it was going like... to be a
1: disaster of a season, but. it's also not going to be a great
0: one. Well, I mean, we knew, we knew, well, okay, we didn't know. We suspected that Toronto was going to be at least as good as they were last year, if not better. I mean, you remember last year we thought they were a work in progress. Okay, well, now they're the Grey cup champions and they're still a work in progress, right? So they're going to be better. And everybody's taking it for granted that Hamilton won't have a crummy season like they did last year. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't see a lot of reason for optimism in Hamilton. And neither does neither does CFL Twitter, apparently, because man, they're 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 going ballistic over there, especially the Hamilton quarter of Twitter about this about this team right now. But case in point, case in point for not developing from last season, Ottawa Red Blacks, who started off um the week. And uh, who started off uh, week two on the CBS Sports Network, which was treated to silence for most of the second quarter because of technical difficulties. Guys, guys, not a great time to do that, TSN. Um, Here's the Red Blacks. They're going up against the Stamps and Jake Jake Mayer. And, of course, Mayer, we talked about this last week. He barely completed over half his attempts. And they're definitely a pass-first offense still against BC, a very low 4.6 yards per attempt. Okay. This week. Okay. A little bit better than last season. They got through for four sacks. Okay. Good. They got one fluky interception in the second quarter. Unfortunately, they turned it right back over on the very next play with another interception, but the only touchdown for the red Blacks was on special teams. Right. And the other real killer statistic for me was, um, okay, so Mayer passed for, I don't, oh, Mayer passed for 270 yards, 194 yards after the catch. Malik Henry had more yards after the catch than he had yards receiving. OK, it's like the Red Blacks, just like all last season, cannot wrap guys up. This team is simply too small. They can't play defense. They can't keep up. Calgary has enough. OK, Calgary has three good wide receivers. Other than that, they're bringing nothing this year. Kadeem, yeah, they're just not giving them the ball. OK, they're bringing nothing. And still.
1: Ottawa lost handily. Yeah, Ottawa lost handily because Calgary controlled the play. Now, Calgary wasn't going for the downfield shots because they didn't have to. No. Uh, they ran the ball. because They, they actually ran the ball with uh, Dietrich Mills because Kerry's out and will be for quite some time. Yeah. They ran the ball with Dietrich Mills. He average of 5.5, long of 11, but they were consistently moving the ball in short chunks. They face a team yeah. with a better defense than... Ottawa, a team that can that can make stops a little bit more frequently and all of a sudden every play has to be perfect. And that's when Calgary is going to run into problems. You can get you can dink and dunk in the CFL. You could run the ball in the CFL, but if you're gonna just do both of those and not stretch the field at all, you'd better be on your game every single play, because one bad play and your whole drive's over.
0: Yeah, but I mean, okay. All right. Let's go on in this next game. Winnipeg 45, Saskatchewan 27. Now, we talked about this before, how, in my opinion, you know, Winnipeg really ruled in that second half. I mean, this was ridiculous. Okay. So they start the second half. Coleros goes six for six, bam, 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 then gets the pass interference and then has to hand it off for one yard for the touchdown. Right? Okay. Next, Saskatchewan goes out. Julian Grant with the punt return touchdown. <laughs> right? Sorry. So I I knew it. I I thought that was an NBA guy. All <laughs> right. But <laughs> I wrote down my notes. Okay. Next drive. They mix it up. I think it was like uh four runs and three passes. The next drive after that, five runs. Bam, 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 all in a row. And then two dinks for the touchdown. You know, that's mixing it up. And they
1: don't this even is, have their that's... best receiver on the field
0: yet. <laughs> but, I mean, I, f- I feel like this is the game plan that Calgary would like to run. And, and you know, it's just like, wow. I mean, again, and the, and the it's way too missing... early.
1: And it's what Pro Football Focus has been making mention of quite often, is the big time throws, and Kolaris is hitting those. Yeah, Clarus can miss. Oh yeah, or Clarus can miss a first down throw, or the running game might not get you five six yards every time. But then on second long, there's still an arrow in the quiver. Kolaris can hit that long ball. He can move enough. He's not gonna. He's not gonna beat the world's fastest cow. <laughs> depending on depending on how he's feeling that day, of course. But he's not gonna beat a sprinter for sure. But he's got the mob he's got the agility and the mobility to make a play out of things. He did have a few runs downfield this past game, and it's not something that yeah. he's been doing a whole lot of. I think it was his first touchdown run since he was an MVP candidate in Hamilton this week. But he's got enough and he's got enough magic in his feet to extend plays get and get his receivers open
0: and my fantasy team loved him again this week um i made him my is, captain this i mean week for and me regret it, so yeah two weeks in a row for me i mean it's pretty easy to to score 110 points every week when you know your captain's putting up 50 plus <laughs> that's that's a nice start no um yeah, it really struck me that this was, you know, this was Canadian football of the good old days. And by good old days I mean, you know, the early bit of this century, the the aughts in the early teens. You know, just high scoring. Just like let let's 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 play some let's play some pinball. And let's not
1: discount the fact that Trevor Harris had a pretty darn decent game too. Oh yeah. Yep. hmm
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm absolutely yeah and we're, and we're not talking but, about
1: named guys that we're getting that we're making the plays. Jake Winicky had a few catches, but he wasn't the main target. Sean Bain, uh Jones, uh MLS. Not guys you're going to go out and spend 15k on in fantasy. But they they looked darn good working with Trevor Harris, that's for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, again, Trevor Harris is a stat guy, right? He will get his teammates' stats, too. It's just that, you know, so often in the CFL, it's a crapshoot with these receivers, as we'll see from Edmonton in just a minute um, in the fantasy game. Um, so, you know, just just pick wisely. But, yeah, this will obviously be a good bet going into the season. And I feel like, I don't know, is this what you're expecting from Winnipeg, Um Going forward, Joe, is, is a lot of these like, you know, 40 to 30, 30 to 27 kind of things is BC's next week. Yeah, I'm hoping for fewer fewer <laughs> of
1: the games where the opponents are scoring high because the defense carried. You know, if you remember, if you remember half, for half the season, the defense carried the Bombers last year. It took the uh, the oh, offense sure. would come out, score a touchdown or two right away, take a nap in the second quarter, wake up late in the third quarter oh. and then just run away with the game. That's not so far. We haven't seen that. The offense has been clicking on all cylinders, right off the hop. So the defense can give up some points and not. We're not freaking out about it. That's a nice thing to have happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, I feel like I feel like this is. You know, this is Winnipeg this year. This is this is the 2000, you know, St. Louis Rams. This is, they're going to score a lot of points and they're going to give up a lot of points because they can't. They can't. Going for that big they play make, on defense. And
1: they're a big play defense too. They make enough yeah. big plays and they take right. advantage of every mistake you make and ram it down your throat. So yep. you're going to have to have yep. your A
0: game to beat Winnipeg. <laughs> Winnipeg is going to have it. Heck of a time against some of these East teams this year. That's for sure. Uh, right. Okay. Wow. Really. One of the outstanding, probably the outstanding result of the week. BC Lions, 22. <laughs> Edmonton Elks, zero. Uh, apparently this was the first shutout recorded by a BC Lions team since 1977. Shutouts are pretty freaking rare in the CFL. And Taking it back one more time to fantasy, you know, I had BC Lions defense this week. And despite the fact that they really made life miserable for Edmonton and got the shutout, they only put together 15 points in the CFL. Man, a shutout should get you what 20, 25. I mean, it happens all the more reason
1: to spend as little on defense as possible.
0: well i mean bc was like it was crazy it was like four and a half thousand or something it was so outrageously low i couldn't believe well, it exactly you i mean you don't
1: throw a lot of money at it and you hope for a good result
0: yeah yeah well i sure did this week i mean i mean i'll take the 15 you know for defense i'll take that they outplayed several of my offensive players who actually did pretty well uh for the money um but what did you think of this game? Because BC played, you know, we were just talking about taking shots downfield, and we know that Vernon Adams can take shots downfield. He did a nice job in week one, but they played this bizarre short yardage game where Adams's long was 10. You know, now, okay, you've got Taquan Mizell, who was just brilliant again this week i mean he didn't whip off any super long ones but basically like every time you give this cat the ball he's got five six yards i mean, 18 carries for 93 yards 5.2 per carry that's that's awesome that will grind down a defense and that will keep that ball moving down the field because man, again, this is what Montreal had a couple of years ago and for some bits of last year. If you get that guy on first down getting you the first five, six yards, you're good. You're gonna extend that drive a long time. But what did you make of what did you make of just we're not going downfield this game?
1: More in hindsight, I kind of realized that BC didn't have to. Their defense was so hot that putting the ball in play for turnovers was about the only way Edmonton was going to score. So why do that? Just grind it out. Then win your game, put that on tape where you have to wonder, hey, which game is BC going to come out with? Are they going to come out with the downfield game? Are they going to play the short game and make the other coaches guess? I mean, if that was their intention, they did
0: really darn well. Yeah, it almost felt like after a while, um, it was like, we're just tightening Adam's skills, you know, we're just checking out the playbook after a while, because it was just like, <laughs> you know, I mean, they were completing every. I mean, they they'd do a thing where they'd have two plays and complete both passes and then punt, <laughs> you know, because it was just like, well, we're just going to go for the short yardage because we can't do you ever think Um, you'd
1: be thinking of Vernon Adams as a game manager?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was it. That was it. It It's just like, let's see if we can do this. You know, we've got an opportunity now to learn this skill or to hone this skill, you know? I mean, because, because I mean, this looked like a practice after a while, by the end of the game, you know, the, the BC Lions defense was hot. I mean, like you said, I mean, last week, Eugene Lewis just has his breakout game for Edmonton, you know, really a breakout half. And in this game, I mean, if you go back and watch it, if you go back and watch the replay, man, this guy was smothered the whole game. You know, I think he, maybe he had three targets, but he had one catch for nine yards. You know, the other one was Manny Arsenal. Arsenal was invisible. He had one catch for like six yards. I mean, it was just the, the, the secondary especially, which again was one of the weaker bits of uh, – the team last year of, of BC last year it was really nice in this game really and they only needed one sa- two sacks and one uh interception to do it you know to get the shutout <laughs> it's just like so what can be said about the elk's um elk's corner of twitter you know is pretty sold on the idea that taylor taylor cornelius doesn't seem to be the guy um what are they going to do here
1: Move forward and stubbornly keep keep him in the lineup for at least the first half of the season. That's what they're going to do. Really? I mean, with wow. this is Chris Jones we're no talking kidding. about. He's not going to let public opinion push him around. So he's going to keep going with, with the guy they threw some money at the last year until it's completely obvious that he won't work. Now, there's no guarantee that Chris Jones and Stephen McAdoo might not still have something up their sleeve, but like. Now's the time, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Well said, Joe. All right. So, okay. The um, weekend ended with uh, Toronto Argonauts, 32 Hamilton Tiger Cats, 14. Um, Really one of the more impressive showings of the week, I think, by Toronto. As good as BC defense was, as good as, you know, um, Winnipeg was, especially in the second half. Um, the Argonauts, you know, again, who the majority had doubted, the sportsbook had as a two-point underdog, you know, really came out here and manhandled Hamilton. Now, now anybody who's a Tiger Cats fan and is still backing Bo Levy Mitchell, and anybody who's not still backing Bo Levy Mitchell, wants to put this whole game down to, of course, the two picks in the end zone in the first half. But I'll tell you what. Here's something interesting about those two picks. After both of them, the Argonauts brought the ball all the way back down the field and scored touchdowns. Okay? That's a 28-point swing caused by two bad plays by the offense and how many by the defense? <laughs> okay. You can't put everything on Bo Levy Mitchell. And again, I was talking before about how these teams, some of these like downward trending teams are doing the same thing as last year. Look, the tie cats have no pass rush. They got one sack in this game. When too much time was being taken, they generate no turnovers, zero turnovers, no turnovers on special teams, no turnovers by the defense, zero. Okay. I mean, like, and they're facing up against a guy who literally was suspended in more games in the NFL than he got on the field. Okay, 29 year old Chad Kelly out of Old Miss. Now, come on, guys. Obviously, Hamilton has more problems than a quarterback, wouldn't you say, Joe? I would
1: say. Uh, on the flip side, though, <laughs> Toronto game planned this perfectly. They oh, didn't yeah. let. Well, they had time. They didn't, put, they they didn't time. put Chad Kelly in a situation where he could be reckless. They kept it where he was under control the whole time. They The way they laid that game out was—that's exactly how they drew that up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know Hamilton defense was ineffectual. You know, this was a team that was you know for for seven, eight, nine years their bread and butter was the defense. Well, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. and it's taking a long
1: time to shake that thought, but it's time to shake
0: that thought. I guess, I guess, but I don't know what their bread and butter is, man.
1: Because
0: now Matt Schilz came in, bread and butter right now. <laughs> squeaky into that sixth spot in the playoffs. I mean, you, you know, uh, Matt Schultz came in in 13 of 14, got the touchdown, you know, okay, fair enough. But I'll just chalk a lot of that up to the fact that the Argos were way up at the time. One, and two, you know, again, you're not game planning for Schultz. Right.
1: And, and it, right? it was so yeah. garbage time. I mean, good on Matt Schultz yeah, for making the plays that he was given. But they were mentioning on yeah. the broadcast as the drive was going, it's like, this is good. But at the same time, Toronto doesn't mind this at all. Cause they're taking forever.
0: Right. Right. That was the thing. Not, not ready to execute quickly. Um, Chad Kelly uh, as the main quarterback, 14 of 23 213 13 yards. So yeah, not a, not a line that jumps out at you. It was funny because he ran for the three touchdowns. He, he, you know, jogged in a bunch of touchdowns and you know tsn was trying to play this up like this was such a huge deal like you know there was one comment that was this is exactly what the cfl means eh, I don't chad know kelly's the new luke tasker
1: long and short of it. <laughs> if they're gonna beat that drum all season long
0: you think oh yeah
1: all uh, right for as long as he's there i'm sure but if, it, if it's generating excitement i can't complain too too loudly because I can always mute the commentators if I have to.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. who was hating Chad Kelly is anybody had ULED on the on the fantasy team. Because man, well, talk about and, and talk about your quarterback being a and touchdown. That's why I don't
1: spend a ton of money on running backs in the CFL game because of all the times the ball's on the one yard line, the running backs aren't scoring that one. You might score from, yeah, this is from two, true. three, four, but. In the NFL, the running backs are scoring that. In the CFL, the quarterbacks are. And not even the starting quarterbacks usually. Yeah, In this case, yes. But seven of the nine teams for sure are going to have a short yardage quarterback. And the two that don't, it's just because their quarterback's athletic enough to do the whole thing. And young enough to take the shots.
0: Right. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing about fantasy running backs the best bet this past two weeks, and he's the only guy I've had except for Caleros both weeks is Mizell. And I'll tell you what, he won't be reasonably priced next week. No, well, we'll way. no he, way. He only
1: went up like a thousand last week. So yeah, Maybe it'll be but another think, thousand you know, this week and another thousand, another, you know, they'll, Well, well he,
0: he also won't be worth playing this week either. Well, that's true. Because I think right. that, I think that, I think that BC Winnipeg game is going to be a pinball machine. So We can just yeah let's let's just go on to that right now. Uh, I wanted to ask you, but I think you already answered which of which of these four losers this week is most likely to turn around. You're the big believer in Saskatchewan. Uh, Is there any hope in say Ottawa? No. Okay.
1: And and I'm going to say that until they can find somebody that could play quarterback. They've had the same problem for the past year. Something I was noticing in the Calgary Ottawa game. I I was at this, that exact matchup last year in the stands. And I I had some deja vu. It's like, this looks like the same game, except our buckle was in early and was, and was throwing picks instead of been late throwing picks. That's the, it was the, it was just flipped like that. But Ottawa was getting nowhere on offense. Calgary wasn't lighting up the scoreboard either, but they were more effective on offense later in the game too. But early on, it just felt like the same game I had sat through the year before.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, that's, that's the way I feel too. I feel like we're watching the extension of 2022. I really do. Like none of these teams have missed a beat, either an offbeat or an onbeat, honestly. Um, There's a very interesting scenario at play this week. Um, At the end of this week, we could have three undefeated teams and three winless teams. And of those six teams, four of them are in the East. So in other words, all East teams would be involved in this scenario. So let's start. And and the way that I've picked these games, that's what's going to happen. So, uh, by my reckoning. So, we're starting it with BC at Winnipeg. Now, BC is the only West team that beat Winnipeg last year uh, with the second to last game of the season for BC um, last year. Now, Vernon Adams was not the starter in that game, correct?
1: I want to say Rourke was back by then, and Drew Brown was starting for the Bombers because that. That was their, they yes. they took that week since they had clinched so early. They took the second to right. the last week to play all the backups. Right. And then the last week, right. they treated it like one of the preseason games, whichever preseason game they were going to start their starters right. in. That's how they did the last week right. of the season.
0: Right. Because they got that bye and then they had the well. bye
1: for for the the, for the final. So they didn't want their starters to sit right. for a month, but this was the game that the right. starters all sat as many as they could. That's
0: right. That's right. And it was still a single figure game, I believe it was 9 points um victory. So, I don't know. I I again from a betting perspective, the lines are not up yet, but from a betting perspective, the tempting bet is the over. Over is a lot of fun to bet. I think there's probably going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I I'm not sure that Winnipeg is going to put up a 40. I think the BC Lions defense should be somewhat enlivened by that nice shutout last week. I can see them keeping it pretty reasonable in the first half. But again, Winnipeg is just becoming the masters of making those halftime adjustments. And I think they could come out and just, you know, again, score, score, score on the first three times they touch the ball in that second half. And then, you know, then that's probably too much even for the hot Vernon Adams. So I'm going to take Winnipeg. And I'd put this around like 30 to 25. Final score. Yeah,
1: I'm not hesitating in taking Winnipeg. Really, I don't see a reason not to pick Winnipeg until they give me a reason. Because think about that offense again for just a second. How do you game plan? Against them. Oh, what yeah. are you doing? Oh
0: yeah.
1: What do you whatever you want to take away, there's something else there.
0: Yep. Yep. The only defense, the only defense is is offense. Yeah. Against the, Winnipeg, right? It's just, the only, thing that would, the, the
1: only way you're stopping that Winnipeg offense is your defensive line is destroying the Winnipeg offensive line, and they're too good to be utterly destroyed. Mm-hmm. You might win some battles, and you might make this make it a game but you're not going to own the line of scrimmage
0: okay so winnipeg winnipeg right uh all right here we go now this one (laughs) already the hamilton folks are out on cfl pick them we've got montreal alouettes at hamilton tiger cats all right I'm not sure what the argument for the Tiger Cats is. I mean, just cl- clearly, pragmatically speaking, Montreal has twice as much tape on these guys. You know, they beat them last year, these guys, at you know, in the end of the season and in the playoffs. Um, Hamilton has just not shown anything. And the Montreal offense... Let's hope that over the bye that they figure out something to do in the running game. That should be enough. I just, I don't see, I don't see Matt Schultz coming in here and, and destroying Montreal. And, and it could very so, well be
1: Schultz because Bo I Mitchell left the yeah. game with a grain injury and we're recording a day after the game. So our, there's no report on what's going to happen there as, we're recording. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the same boat as you. I can't. I think the only way I see a Hamilton victory is if their defensive line wakes up, and they have a lot yeah. of talent there. It's just, it's Father Time is undefeated. So if they, <laughs> if, if Father Time is winning that battle, then Hamilton's screwed. Um, if you can get pressure on Cody Fajardo, great. But Hamilton's not getting pressure on quarterbacks.
0: Right, they're getting pressure on anybody, and, and, and the Cody offense Vajardo isn't
1: was... exciting anybody. Who, even if you have a healthy Bow, even if you have a healthy Matt Schiltz, who are they throwing it to? It doesn't seem like Tim yeah. White has chemistry with Bo. It doesn't. We don't know how the team's chemistry is with Matt Schultz because he bounces in and out of the lineup. So it's hard to tell sometimes really what they could, what Hamilton, what would be the best case scenario for Hamilton right now is they get a month of seeing, Hey, this Matt, does can Matt Schultz run this team without the temptation of swapping in your one. A <laughs> if he, if Bo's unavailable for a month and they get to see what Matt Schultz does, well, then they know what they're, where they're going to be going forward.
0: I'm playing with Montreal defense in fantasy (laughs) because I'm sure they'll be pretty cheap, but I'm not, I'm not wanting to go with BC or Winnipeg defense this week. So I'm seriously considering Montreal. I'm also going to be thinking about Saskatchewan defense who is at Calgary. Now, I don't know you. I I get the feeling that you feel that Saskatchewan is is on a mild upward trend, whereas Calgary is on sort of a mild downward trend. Um, I'm kind of up in the air about this one. This is this is the only this is the only game that doesn't involve winless or undefeated teams. Right. This is the this is the so, one
1: that's going to lose me my pick 'em perfect streak. I think. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm going with Calgary here because spoilers, I just can't pick three away teams. And that's what I would be doing. Uh, This is one reason for another reason. You know, again, I'm still in the prove it to me Saskatchewan group. I probably shouldn't take Calgary for granted. I do like that threesome of receivers they have out there. I do like that trio. But there's not much else you can say for Calgary this year. So I don't know, man. This is a coin flip for me. I have Calgary on pick them right now, but you might talk me out of it.
1: I don't know if I'm going to. I'm going to talk through <laughs> this because I don't, I honestly, honestly, okay. to God, right now, yeah. I don't know which way to go. I think yeah. I'm going Calgary because of the home team, and that's about it. Yeah. We don't know what's the schedule yeah, that's what Saskatchewan's defense is capable to. of yet. Because they have faced the worst offense in the CFL and they have faced the best offense in the CFL and gotten the obvious results. They're somewhere in between, but are they good enough to make Calgary's life difficult? Or is Calgary going to march up and down the field like they did against Ottawa bits and pieces at a time? I don't know the answer to that. I have a sense that Saskatchewan's good enough to make Calgary's life a little bit difficult. I just don't know if their offense is going to have enough firepower to overcome Calgary's ball control style. I'm really not sure. Well, I'm really not sure how much I like Calgary's defense because they faced Ottawa and granted didn't give up much didn't look all that great against BC. So, uh I, this is I think these two teams are on pace for 9 and 9 right now. So I'm going to take Calgary at home.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. See, that's that's the pragmatic pick <laughs> is, to, is to go Calgary at home. You know, on the other hand, Calgary I don't really think can afford to play lackadaisical you know, offensively against Saskatchewan because look again, Harris is gonna put up some points. You know, you probably don't want him in the clutch, but you can count on 21. Right. You know, and the question is, you get
1: does Saskatchewan make Calgary go downfield?
0: Right. Well, they can't. So, so that would be the best bet. <laughs> right. I would, would say be if, if
1: just sitting back here Stuff and that now, my exes and nose as well as these CFL coaches, I'm thinking I need to make Jake Mayer throw the ball 20 yards downfield and see if he can do it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's gonna flood that flood that center of the field, that middle zone, that second level. just cover it you gotta be able to stuff the run too. Now I don't know if Calgary's gonna come up with something interesting to run with this game, but if Saskatchewan stuffs that and like prevents the that short range pass.
1: Because that's how Saskatchewan yeah, wins, Cal- if they Calgary do gains. that. Right. They make Calgary go downfield and they're unable to and Trevor Harris puts up an end game because yeah. they do have some talent on offense. Yeah. Yeah. It's the offensive line. Oh, keep yeah Har- and Harris has Harris is actually a good antidote for what their offensive line issues were last year, because Harris doesn't hold on to the ball. He gets it out quick.
0: <laughs> this is true.
1: I'm almost talking myself into Saskatchewan, just thinking about,
0: yeah, see, see, you're starting to sound good. It's starting to sound good. So Saskatchewan D is starting to sound not bad either <laughs> for fantasy purposes. Although you also have Toronto D now I'm sure this is going to be super expensive because they're at Edmonton this week and wow um this could be the mismatch of the week i keep you know i'm sitting there thinking that the upsets are coming you know again like we if if it goes the way i'm picking it we're gonna have three undefeateds and three winless uh but man i just don't see it this week i mean toronto is is gonna cruise in this game right i mean like the, the the shocker would be if Edmonton could keep this to within ten. Ottawa
1: and Edmonton are on um, my do not pick list until they show me otherwise. The opposite of Winnipeg, where it. they're on my pick them no matter what list unless they show me a
0: reason otherwise,
1: or somebody else shows me a really good reason otherwise.
0: Well, the Winnipeg upset, the Winnipeg loss will, it come. will come. I'll take I one. Mean, I'll take. At, I'll take a ninety percent.
1: Ninety percent on picking Winnipeg games, I'll be happy with that.
0: Yeah,
1: I and mean, an Edmonton win BC. is coming, an Ottawa win is coming because they're not going to one eighteen. I mean, they yeah. literally can't. Yep, yeah. not both of them. Yeah, but yeah, But, but who think, knows? I mean, this I'll, might I'll, be I'll go, this might I'll be I'll the go year. sixteen and two. I'm picking their games. I'm
0: right, happy about it. <laughs> right, right. See this. I mean, wow. If this continues, and and. I frankly, I don't see how like a couple of these things can be avoided. But if this continues, you could get a 15 and three season out of Winnipeg this year, just like last I mean, year. 16 and two, for God's sake. It was you on know? the table I mean, last like, year, right? Right. And it's dependent upon you find that, especially you see this really in the NFL, which, which seems really bizarre because there's 32 teams now but whenever a team in the nfl goes 15 and 1, 16 and 0 or whatever there's always a, that that bizarro team in the league that year that's going 1 and 15 0 and 16 whatever you got to have one of those bottom feeders and man the recipe is there in the cfl this year recipe is there <laughs> one of these two te- i don't i, I think that edmonton, like edmonton should... has more
1: chance of pulling out of their dive than ottawa does
0: Right, Ottawa right. Could but Ottawa get has get more Mizzoli games back. against the East. Ottawa
1: could get Mazzoli back, and that could be a game-changer. But if it's not, you not know? help them, because oh. nobody else will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> too true, too true. Now, the, the evil thing about CFL Pick'Em, and this is going to keep my ranking down all year, I can tell, is that uh, they make you pick the uh, margin of victory. And it's always on this fourth game. So once again, this week, <laughs> foolishly, I have been undefeated in betting this year on the CFO, except last week I threw like 10 bucks or something on uh, Argo's win by one to six points. You know? So I'm doing, <laughs> and that was the pick tiebreaker last week. So what are you putting for this one? Toronto at Edmonton, tiebreaker, margin of victory. twenty. 20.
1: I feel okay. like 30 to 10 or 31 to 11 or 29 to 9 is there. Cuz I don't think yeah. I don't think Toronto's going to game plan to go guns blazing. They're going to play conservatively and use Chad Kelly's abilities to the best of it without exposing him to danger. Right. And they're not going to have to against Edmonton. And Edmonton, it's going to face a Toronto defense that is pretty darn good, and uh, and Edmonton's offense is proving not to be. So, I feel like that that margin that margin could go higher. I don't think it goes much lower, unless there's unless there's a lot of weird bounces, and the football is in a circle, so the weird bounces do happen.
0: Okay. So I guess week 4 we're going to be looking for some upsets. And uh, have you seen the week 4 slates? This is going to be fun. This is this is when the winning streak ends here. Uh week 4 includes Winnipeg at Montreal. I'll be there. Upset alert. Upset alert. And uh that's right. And uh BC at Toronto as well. So lots of good stuff in week 4. Week 3 and then again,
1: there's also a bet Ottawa. So, one of those teams is going to come out with a win unless they decide to try because
0: why not? (laughs) After four weeks in the CFL, three, what, three winless teams, right? Because Hamilton's not even playing. So, you could have three winless teams after week four if only Edmonton and Ottawa tie. Oh man, I don't think the sportsbook will be offering odds on a tie for that game. But wow, that's gonna be tempting. That's gonna be tempting. Not that that they one. just start
1: hunting sure. on first down and play for the rouge by the third quarter.
0: <laughs> Bottom score two to one <laughs> in overtime. <laughs> Although I don't really think you can get the rouge in overtime. This field um, well. right. it's there. Yeah, right. right okay so join us again next week for another edition of the rouge white and blue until then i'm Oz davis from my co-host joe pritchard thanks for joining us we'll talk to you next week thanks for listening find more great shows like this at cf pod network on twitter